What's going on? Where they go to 11, it's Matt. And I am, I can finally say all the shit I want to say, Pokey. Well, after what you left me with last time, I, could, I couldn't go on. I can't blame you. You haven't been able to stop going on all week about it. It's all I've heard for the past week. Text messages, emails, phone calls, Facebook. No, it hasn't been that bad. I'll just admit it. No, because it's not true. Why would I admit it? He's in anyway, denial, folks. So we are back and we are taking on the second half of our topic from last time, which is the news because Pokey decided that, oh, we're not going to do our top 11 list. We're going to do the news. Damn right. So we're It here. needed to be done. It needed as, to be as, done, but you know, we could have planned it a little better instead of you saying, I nope, don't that's care. It. Nope, we're doing it. As outraged as you are about what happened to Dimes Grave, and I don't want to enrage you and engulf you again. That's okay. I'm fine. I'm still pissed off about the Grammys. And it's been on my case ever since the whole fucking thing happened. But for those of you who like to skip ahead, spoiler alert, it's going to be at the very end. That's not a spoiler alert. Oh, it's a spoiler alert. No, that's when you haven't watched something and then somebody gives away the ending. Anyway, you can argue spoiler alerts, no spoiler alerts, whatever. But we're going to jump back into the news. And once again, since this was your idea, your topic, what are we going to jump into now? I don't know. See, how do you not know? You, I, because you took over this whole fucking thing and you I, don't I know. I did, but you know what? The, the thing is, is that I don't want to stir you up, but... You're stirring me up by saying you don't know. Fine. I'm going to stir you up even more. Let's talk about Nickelback. Oh, Jesus. The ass clowns from Canada, Nickelback. Like you're their toilet paper then, because you fucking love those guys. You no, admitted it. No, you stuck up for. I have. I have proof. I, of prior I podcast stuck up from them. You stuck up for them. I stuck up from them in the past, until the whole. Well, go back and listen to the podcast, and you'll hear where I started calling them ass clowns. So, what do you have to say about Nickelback now? So, did you hear about the dude who listened to Nickelback, the poor soul who listened to Nickelback for a week straight for charity? I give that man all the credit in the world. I he, do, He too. is a freaking saint for doing that. Uh, he is. This dude decided that he's going to sit there, listen to Nickelback, nonstop for a week to raise money for charity. And last time I checked, it was like $34,560-some dollars. It was somewhere in there, but one of the most, uh, what's it called, the most interesting donations, because I remember looking at the site, and it's been that long since I looked at the site because of Mother Nature. She's a bitch. No, but she is. And she's about to fucking rear her ugly head again tomorrow. I hope not. However, what uh, what ended up happening was Nickelback actually, or it's said Nickelback, made a donation on their uh, on behalf of this charity for six hundred and sixty six dollars. Oh, it was it was the three. I just thought it was six hundred sixty. No, six hundred and sixty-six dollars. See, that sounds a little bit. That sounds a little bit far-fetched. Why? I don't know. Is there any reason you're going to throw? You know, Nickelback is not that band to do the triple six. You know, it, if it was Slayer, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, maybe they were doing it as a joke. Really? You never know. 
All right, so the charity officially that he was raising money for was called Relevant. Okay. So this charity is Charity Water. It says um, they are trying to raise money to help get clean water. They're doing it for not only just one place. They're doing it kind of all over the place. They're doing it in different countries. Mm -hmm. They're doing it... um, but areas where, where clean water is not... Right, where clean water is absolutely needed. Like, they have a whole bunch of places set up all over the world. There's Bolivia, they're in um, Africa, if like in Nigeria, seen... Kenya, Tanzania. They're over in Asia and Cambodia and India, Bangladesh, Nepal. So you kind of get the idea that they're all over the world. So, Those ass clowns donated six hundred and sixty-five dollars. Six hundred and sixty-six dollars. Six hundred sixty-five plus one dollars. Oh Jesus Christ! But but this is this is my issue. This is my issue with the whole thing. You're Nickelback. You have sold millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of albums. You're heroes in your native land, Canada. You have millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, and that's just for the drummer. And we all know drummers get paid diddly squat. And Chad Kroger, you can only round the guys up to donate a whopping six hundred and sixty-five plus one dollars. Way to go! We want our nickel back. Well, check this out. It's funny because I'm looking at his Twitter feed, oh. and on his Twitter feed, he hits about uh. $32,000 overall. So he raised a fairly good amount of money for No, this. he did. Who, who was the, what was the guy's name? He deserves credit. Jesse well, Carey. And his Twitter feed? Uh, it is twitter.com slash Jesse Carey. Very good. Jesse, we give you two big thumbs up. Well, I guess Four. there's two of us. Four thumbs up. Four big thumbs up. But on his Twitter feed, it also says... Um, you know, he does the final countdown to, you know, 90 minutes away. Uh, the Nickelback Challenge is finished. Thank you to everybody who donated and supported. And then uh, he goes on to talk about, oh, no, my iPhone is paused, but I still hear Nickelback. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That poor, poor soul. He knew what he was getting into. He knew that. Oh, uh, he did. He was going to go a little psychotic from it. <sighs> I'm going psychotic from thinking about it. One of... Along the way, one of his uh, his posts was only two days in, and I'm already feeling the effects of such huge quantities of Nickelback. We're in unexplored psychological territory here, which is completely true. But you know what, though? He raised a good amount of money. It's for a great cause. Absolutely. It'll help a lot of people out in the world, people who need it. All right. And we just proved one more time that Chad Kroger and the guys from Nickelback are a bunch of ass clowns. At least they donated it. Six hundred and sixty-five plus one dollars. Maybe that's all they could get for tax reasons. After ten thousand dollars, it's a tax write-off. No, oh, well, maybe they already gave X amount of dollars, and they didn't—they couldn't give any more for some reason. You don't know what their financial situation is. Maybe they spent it all on Canadian strippers. In which case, they're even bigger ass clowns. Why Avril Lavigne is probably kinky like that? You never know. I'm not talking about that, but it's like donate money to a charity, pay for strippers, charity. Strippers, I get it. No, but not everybody I get has it. the moral I get fiber it. that you have. I get it. Technically, some strippers are a charity, but useful charity. Her name or, was Chastity, not Charity. Sometimes those strippers need that money. You're losing me here. 
they got bills to pay. They got kids to pay for. They got booby tassels to purchase. And it's all on your dime. Hey, you know what? Support the arts. Moving on. (laughs) All right. So what's your next topic that you've got lined up for us? So this one actually kind of surprised me a little bit. We all know that in 1994, Korn released their self-titled album. That is now today, and it's, believe it or not, they're on their 20, well, yeah, technically 21, but when they, when they undid the, you know, when they leashed the tour, it was their 20th year, and they were sued, or a lawsuit's being brought to them by former drummer Dave Silveira. What is it with drummers, man? They don't get paid a lot, I'm telling you. Well, after you but bang chicks, the but lead chicks, singer's wife. But chicks dig drummers. So you say. Anyway. So he's suing them because he was left out of the tour. Now, mind you, in the twenty now 21 years that this album has been out, it has gone four times platinum. Mm-hmm. When it first came out, it was it was a success, but it was nowhere near platinum. It took four years, or That's it took twenty okay. uh, some years to get the four million. I'd rather have it take a long ass time for me to get a platinum album than not have a platinum album at all. That's very true. We're we're hoping for a platinum podcast, people. We don't require people to purchase this. No, we don't. But we want we want a million view, million listens. If we could get a million listens, I, w- I could die a happy man. Same here. And so, I, will, I will make us little platinum records. Oh, that'd be awesome. A million listens, and I will make platinum records happen. I would love it. That'd be like right... That would be right on my bedroom wall, right next to that one dollar I still owe you. He's the only ass clown that owes somebody money and pays up a dollar short. Damn right. And then puts the dollar right on the wall, frames it. I'm going to break into your room one day and smash that frame and take that dollar. And I actually wrote on there who the dollar belongs to. You'll get it the day that I die. Onward. So, I don't know the exact amounts that he's suing them for or whatever, but his whole accusation is that he was the original drummer. He was the drummer who made the album. He should be there. Without him, the band wouldn't exist. Blah, 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 blah. Um, he further goes into interviews saying that the current drummer, Ray, can't play the same style that he used to play because Ray is more of like a heavy metal drummer, whereas he's more of a groove drummer. And, and quite frankly, from knowing history about Corn and from being a huge fan, I think it's a load of crap. It is. Anytime I, that you have a former member of the band that starts to say, you know what, you wouldn't be in it without me, and yada, 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 well, guess what? We're making records now, and they sound no, fine without you. No, you know what, though? I mean, he, if, you, if you've read some of the books that the guys have written, honestly, he, he really was the one who bought the guys together. But the thing is, where, where I say it's a load of crap is saying that, you know, 
Ray is a is a metal drummer and not a not a groove drummer like me and he can't he can't play like I did but when you had your your surgery done on your wrist because you fucked your wrists up so badly you had the drummer from Faith No More who once again is a metal style drummer Mike Borden that's it I, I knew I I knew I'd remember it but he had him fill in I think on the, I think it was the Issues Tour. Was it Issues? Yeah, I think it was on the Issues Tour. He had him fill in for drums while his wrists were being operated on. So you have a metal-style drummer in the past fill in for you. He was good enough to fill in for you. Of course, he didn't carry on. And you came back to the band. Mm -hmm. But now a metal-style drummer is... No, 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 no. That's a load of crap. And, and and honestly, from a from a drummer's perspective, if you listen to the self-titled album, you listen to Life is Peachy, you listen to Follow the Leader, I mean, it's a distinctive drum style. I'll give him that. After his wrists were operated on, totally different drumming style. He couldn't do it anymore. Just couldn't. So you yourself are no longer the same drummer that you used to be. Exactly, but you swear you are. I get it. You're pissed off. You're not on the tour with them. Whatever. And nowadays, 20-some years later, yes, you slept with the lead singer's wife, who, you know, 20 years, I, I get it. It's hard to forgive some people. But and, and, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't be able to forgive him either. Thank you. But sometimes you say, I'm 20 years wiser. I don't need to sit there and be around this guy every fucking minute. But you if know, you're going on tour with him. He has a tour bus. I have a tour bus. We only have to see each other up on stage. Maybe. Come on. How many fucking bands have, have reunited? Fucking Van Halen. Reunited to put on a tour. David Lee Roth and the rest of the guys still have animosity towards each other, but you know what? Fans want to see it. Apparently not so much anymore. He's worked it out. You know, this theory would actually be proven if if Guns N' Roses ever reunited oh, as the gee, original. It's not going to happen. Let it go. What they're going to do and what they should do, and I've said it all along, Forget Axel. Get the band back together. Put Miles Kennedy right in the front, and you will not miss Axel. Anyway, but but still, for touring purposes, for an anniversary purpose, I think you could sit there and say, you're on your tour bus. I don't want to see you in the dressing room. I'll see you out on stage. I'll see you in rehearsals. That's it. It's still hard. I mean, think about you going into your job every day and seeing somebody that you absolutely despise. How would that make you feel? Been there, done it. Okay. And did it feel good? You suck it up for the better good. But did it feel good? And in a lucrative industry like music, when you can find another drummer who's just as good, if not better, than the guy you just previously had, I'm sure that you would do the same thing. Like I said, sometimes you have to think about the better good. 
Honestly, I, I respect Corn's decision in keeping him out. I agree with keeping him out. Now, if it was, you know, like, Fieldy. The, that's, a, that's a big part of that band, that bass. Oh, that's, that's totally unique. Right. So, to find somebody who could play like him... And bring what he brings to the stage, and honestly, there's wait, only there's only two people, right? So that I could think of. But he, here's the here's the the kicker with everything. Dave is not a figurehead in the band. You don't think of Dave when you think of Corn. You think of Jonathan Davis. You think of Fieldy. Maybe you think of Head. I was uh, honestly without For you those is Head. Yes. No, I, I'm like I said. I've those front four it, to me you're right that's corn in a nutshell yeah that's like, corn the but there's, like, there's still yeah. there's still part of me where I like sit there and say okay yeah Dave was there but when you think about like you said the whole sleeping with the singer's wife thing it, yeah it's easy I'll admit I saw corn without without head and they had West Borland filling in for him it just it didn't do it for me. Right, but you could fill in the drummer with no problem and say, hey, guess what? And, it's and corn. It's, and it's not... And the thing is, the guitar riffs aren't that... It, it's not like it's not like I'm taking Eddie Van Halen out and putting... Slash. In his place. Right. Is it like where you're just... You know, where he could easily fill in the part. Like where... But there's just still something missing, right? It's and not even the though West Borland could fill in the parts that Head was playing, there's just still something missing. There's like an element. It's a chemistry between him and him and Monkey. You know, Agreed. and and even like Fieldy, Fieldy, it's like the three of them like cohesively combined together. Like I said, it's the feel of the whole thing, and plus, it's they're the figureheads of the band. Yeah. I think Korn is a unique sounding band. Mm-hmm. Normally, most bands nowadays, you can make the argument you can replace a guitarist, you can replace a bass player, you can replace a drummer. Nobody will know. Nowadays, if you replace a lead singer, everybody's going to know because it's the voice of the band. But in Korn's case, I think because of the way that they play the way that they go off of each other that you can't replace one and have the same result. No. So once again, Dave being the drummer. Okay. Obviously don't you think corn is going to do some sort of tryout to try to fill in something. And like I said, you could clearly find somebody, obviously somebody like Joey Jordison isn't going to be able to play that type of music. Cause he's just all of the fucking drums go crazy double pedal action and everything. Actually, Joey, Joey would fit really well. I don't think he would. But Roy, like Roy Mayorga, he, I think, would fill in really well. Yeah, that I'll give you. But I, I, I just don't understand his argument. You haven't been around for so long. Now, all of a sudden, the you band want wants in? to go back on tour and tour the, all their old material, and now you're automatically back in the band? No. Haven't they been touring and playing their old material? Because I sure as shit don't want to hear the new stuff. If I went to see Corn, I'd want to see everything old. Hell, just play fucking Follow the Leader. And I'm good. See, I... I, I like, honestly, the first... I like the self-titled. Life is peachy. Okay. 
Follow the leader. Yeah, that was, that was the huge breakout. Issues. Actually, I lied. The other one I like is Untouchables. The ones with the, uh, the kids was, on the cover. No, I was getting there. Issues. Eh. And then, like you said, Untouchables. And to me, that was like the last really good Korn album I liked. Take a look in the mirror wasn't that bad. Uh, it wasn't great. But it just uh, wasn't that bad. I, I ranked that right up there with Issues. All right. Well, you're the bigger corn fan than I am. You know, speaking of issues, I, I do find it, or not issues, speaking of untouchables, you know, before Head went clean, sober, you know, found himself, he had no tattoos on him. Mm-hmm. And then after all that, he had like pretty much the whole untouchables artwork tattooed on his arm. Interesting. Yeah, actually, it looks really cool. Like, it's... I was blown away by it. So now, let's let's keep going down the path of corn here. What do you think of corn three? Mm. Like, like I said, for me, I, like I really stopped being impressed by by the end of Untouchables, and I really haven't given much else a chance. I try, I try to take a look in the mirror, and that to me was just like. No, I'll just see them when they tour. See, I don't mind. And, and the thing is that I can hear the new music. I, I can listen to it if you're playing it on tour. I just, I don't find myself rushing out to the store to buy it. See, I didn't mind, I mean, so much See You on the Other Side. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Um, What are their other ones that they've got out there? The Path of Totality, I hated that. Um, the untitled one with the weird looking bird cover thing that was there except for like two songs and then um, they've got the new one out there the paradigm shift it's they're going off in a direction that just makes no sense I said at one point in time you know what corn with like um, see you on the other side that was like their evolution of their sound but then you hit the path of totality now it's just like alright you know what let's try to pick up on the dubstep thing because that's what was big at the time um, now it's kind of like we're just floundering in a sea of I don't know where to go next. It's like I don't want to go back you to know, where I was. But you know what though? When you're when you're an artist, how many how many albums is there? A uh, lot. I'm not like, even what is this, count. like nine, ten, maybe. When you're at that point in your career, I mean, you could put put out whatever you wanted to. You've already built your fan base. The thing is, is that if you really have a strong fan base, like they have, your fan base will go out and buy your records. I didn't. But you're not that big of a fan. No. I know people who are like super fans, like who go to every show, who buy every album, who have every song. And that's awesome. You know, that's like that's like me with Rammstein. But the thing of the matter is that you have a loyal fan base. And at that point, you've already made your money. You already have your platinum albums. You already have a lineup that you're set with. Now you're doing it just because you enjoy playing music. But at that point, and, and is it you, playing music anymore? It It is because it's what you want to put down. I don't think that they wanted to put let down me, dubstep. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. You may... You play music. Mm-hmm. 
you make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars and you sell millions upon yeah. millions of albums, more money and more albums than Nickelback. Yeah, now you're talking. And I still have my artistic integrity in check. Absolutely. Yeah. So now it comes to an idea where it's just like, now you sit there and say to yourself, okay, do I, do I keep putting out stuff that's made me popular or do I maybe try something different? You, you have to admit, and, and I'll, I'll even tell you this myself. There has to be a point in time where you just get bored of doing the same thing. I agree that there is a point in time where you can get bored of doing the same thing over and over and, and, and over again. And I think when, when, you're, when you're a young band, you maybe have four or five albums under your belt. You really can't afford to do that. I, you know what? I disagree. You can try something different whenever you want. Like, if you put out, like, a feeler song, like, on an album, and you see what type of response it gets, then you say, but, you know what, let's let's try and expand it a little bit more next time. But here's time. the problem with a feeler song. Feeler songs don't get the airplay. Right, you don't get the airplay, but some of the best songs that are on albums don't get the airplay. But you're not going to get a response. Yes, you will. No, you won't. Yes, you will, and no, I can won't. prove it to you. You ever go see a show, and you hear a song that you really like... And you never heard it on the radio, but you heard it on the album? Yeah. Absolutely. Right there. You just proved my point. It's a tour song. They play it on tour all the time. All fans love it. Now, you put out a feeler song and you do something a little different. Okay? You see what kind of a response it gets on tour. If it gets a good response on tour, okay, maybe the next album you try a couple more like that. Okay, good. Now, the next time you do an album, hey, you know what? It, was, it happened pretty good the last two albums. Let's put out a whole album like that. But sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't. Look Absolutely. At, look at the Deftones. Look at St. Anger. It doesn't work sometimes. St. Anger was just... Uh, I don't even want to... I understand St. Anger. I understand the concept. If anybody's going to support that record, if anybody's going to try to make anything good of that record, I'm sorry, it's going to be me. I've, I've defended that. This is not like Nickelback where I've defended Nickelback and all of a sudden I call them ass clowns. I will defend St. Anger hands down. There there was no given. Horrible album. We've already discussed that in our flop albums. But there was so much going on in the band at the time. It, it makes a lot of sense as to as to how it came together like that. I, it does make sense if you've and, seen and Saint Anger or exactly. that's, uh, some kind of monster. Excuse me. And that's the thing. And it's, in my opinion, one of the best songs that was written for that album didn't even make the album. You know what? What that song that uh, Hetfield wrote, the whole Temptation. Oh, that no, that was terrible. I hated that. I liked it. No, um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. With but again, with St. Anger, hang, hang on. With St. Anger, though, when they put it together, I completely understand why they were doing it. They wanted to try to do something fresh and go back to where they came from. But the problem is with Metallica, you're Metallica. You have all of this multi-million dollar machine running Metallica now. It's not just four guys in a garage playing music anymore. No. No. So you can't go back to where you came from. You can relive it. Look at what they did with Death Magnetic. You can definitely get back there, but you can never be who you once were. And that's what they were trying to do, to be who they once were. And it didn't work. When they play that stuff live with all of the multi-million dollar, 
you know, machine behind it. It sounds great. Like I wouldn't have minded the album so much if it had the production value of say master of puppets, the black album, death magnetics production was kind of, and if you're, you know, audio inclined freaking clips all over the place, but that's a whole nother mess of a conversation. Um, but you really got to sit there and think like, okay, is it Metallica's writing? That was bad. The drum sound obviously was the most horrible thing on that entire album. You throw a normal snare drum in there instead of the tin can that fucking Lars was playing on for the whole album. And you have a, you have a decent album. It's, it's, it's at least two steps above load and reload. I'll, I'll, I can't believe I'm doing this. And and again, I really can't for what they were trying to do with St. Anger. I can I can tolerate the tin can. I really can. And you and you know me. You know how you know how much of a stickler I am when it comes to tuning drums. I will agree to that. And that's why it kind of surprises me that you like a tin can sound. But when you're trying to recapture that garage sound, we played in a garage and it didn't sound like that. That sounds like Lars got some fucking tin cans and just said, "Hey, I'm going to play on these now." You're you're talking about at that time Lars who really you're trying to capture a sound of you guys playing in the garage with a drummer who's not really that experienced. It doesn't work though because your experience leads you to but more that's, than that. But that's that's exactly that. So you're trying to replicate that sound. That's the way you're going to And again, think about the 80s. Think about the 80s when that that period was when they were in the garage. What did drums sound like? They didn't sound like they like they no, do now. It was all gated reverbs. That's what it was. That so when you're trying to to recapture that sound, just listen to Def Leppard's drums. That's all you need to know about the eighties. Seriously, that, 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 but that's all electronic. Okay, but still, if you take okay here, let's get rid of Def Leppard. Listen to Poison's drums. But again, there you have an experienced drummer. It doesn't matter. That's the sound. If you're telling me that that's what they're going after with the sound in the 80s, that's what they're going after. They're Fine. going after okay. the sound of the 80s of an unexperienced drummer. Okay. It doesn't work. First off. It didn't. But I can, again, going with what the album was for what its purpose was, I get it. So let's get back on topic here. Okay. <laughs> Since we kind of veered off and went down the off-road trail on this one. Don't we always? Yeah, we do. It's fun, though. I think that's what our audience likes. All right. What's next? So, because we clearly came way off of corn. Well, you know what? I'm going to stay on corn. And one of my my favorite things about corn, I'll never forget going to the very first one back in 98. Family Values Tour. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the show. Uh, that that was an amazing show. I went Continental Airlines Arena, now the Izod Center, soon to be a pile of rubble. Yep. If you really want to go back, Brendan Byrne Arena. But point of the matter is, apparently things have been hinted around that there might be a possible family values tour coming up, question mark? Potentially from the rumor mill that uh, I've been hearing there might be a Family Values Tour, and this would be like the Family Values Tour to end all Family Values Tours. I believe it would be Corn, Limp Biscuit, the Deftones, 
suicidal tendencies, and somebody else. All I wanted was a Pepsi. And you wouldn't give it to me. Just one Pepsi. But the best, like, in 98, it w- that was a really good one. If you think all the way back to it, it was Corn, Rammstein, Ice Cube, Limp Bizkit, and Orgy. And Incubus. Incubus, yeah, they were on there. Yep. They weren't on there that much, though. No, they were on there for a few stops. I think it was like f- three, four maybe tops. I don't remember. So since we're on Family Values Tour and Ice Cube was on this, I know that you wanted to talk about something that I have absolutely no clue about. Oh, it's coming out. Go August, ahead. August, baby. I can't wait. I hope you all go to see it, too. Straight out of Compton. I want to see what inspired the music behind Ice Cube. What inspired the music behind Dr. Dre? They hated the police. They hated authority. But but that's all part of the story. Look, look at how the police were back then. Hell, we're going to be coming up to, to the anniversary of the Rodney King riots. If you want to listen to, actually, what I think is a really great encapsulation of everything... Listen to Sublime's April 26, no, 1992. It, it, it really is. Actually, VH1 did a documentary or rockumentary on that, on that whole, not the Sublime thing, but on that whole riot. Well, right, but that's what Sublime wrote the song about. And that was, that was actually the theme music behind the, behind it. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a great encapsulation of it. Anyway, I think it's August 21st is the release of Straight Outta Compton. If you haven't seen it yet. Check out the trailers. Fucking awesome. I can't wait. Who wants to join me? You want to you join? No. Really? Nope. Wow. No interest. Well, don't worry. I already got somebody that's going with me. I want to go see Pixels. Well, I haven't seen a preview yet. I'll watch <laughs> that later. I know it's on your Facebook. It's funny. Go so, on. What's next? Well, we talked about the Deftones the past two topics. We talked about the Deftones in, in regards of the experimental music where, you know, you had you had Adrenaline and you had Around the Fur and then you had White Pony, which put out the feelers and shit. Mm-hmm. And then you went off from there to whatever. But the Deftones are, once again, working on new material. And the teenage kid in you is loving this. I am. Um... Here's the thing. The Deftones uh. are one of those bands who have experimented. Then they've gone back to the original stuff. Then they experiment, experiment, experiment. Then they put out something like, I'm trying to remember the name. Was Diamond Eyes, if I remember, was the exact title? Correct. The one with the owl. Yeah. Which was fucking great. And then, I don't remember if there was an album after it. Was yep. there? It was... And I'm not even a Deftones fan. It was like Koi no Yokan or something like that. Yeah, which was like more of an experimental Deftones. And now they're back in the studio again. So what? What? De- which Deftones are we going to get? That's what I want to know. We're going to get the one that sounds like probably the 90s. I would love it. I'd be as happy as a kid in Christmas. But uh, for me... I'll listen to like White Pony and I'll listen to certain tracks on Around the Fur and I actually like A Hole in the Earth. Mm-hmm. That was from Saturday Night Wrist. Yeah. 
And then there was the other one, um, Minerva from the Deftones album that had the skull on it. Yeah, and I don't remember the name of the album, but yeah. yeah. I mean, the, there's a few songs here and there that I listen to, but I, it's all gravitating towards that 90s sound. Mm-hmm. Anything else that was outside of that, like, Diamond Eyes, and like, Diamond Eyes, like, I tried to listen to a track on there, and I remember the track that made me turn it off. It was Rocket Skates. See, I actually like that track. Nope. But I tried I tried Koi no Yokan or whatever it's called, and I hated it. I, I don't like the Deftones all that much. I like the I like I like some of the '90s stuff, but that's it. See, and actually, I don't know if you know this, but White Pony actually had different versions. It did. They had um, there was the, a red the gray, one, a white one, and a black a pink, one. There was a pink one too. See, I didn't know. I had the red one, which certain songs didn't exist on there. That was a special edition. Yeah, there's there was like three special editions and. And Out of all these special editions, the one song that I really like off of White Pony is the one with Maynard from Tool, Passenger. You see, what I what I found interesting is that on the special editions, I don't know if you ever heard the track Back to School. Yes. It there was only like a little snippet of it on the special editions. It was within a song. Hmm. It was a song within a song. It was it was kind of cool. Also had me kind of pissed off because I <laughs> I like the whole song. Well, here's what's really funny about the Deftones too. You want to know what my absolute favorite Deftones song of all time is? The one with Tool? No, I like that one. My favorite one is the one that they did on the B-Sides and Rarities album. They covered Sade. Oh, yeah. Mm, Smooth nice. Operator. Yeah. As soon as you said I'm like... Okay. They honestly the B sides and rarities album, they they did some really good covers on that. Personally I like I like the track um The Chauffeur. Yeah, I know you like that one. Like, excuse me, it wasn't Smooth Operator, it was no ordinary love, excuse me. Thanks. Thanks for actually I appreciate the, the correction there, but I feel like kind of an idiot. <laughs> I hate that feeling. You you know this. See, Shade had two songs. It was one or the other. I don't listen to it that much, but when I listen to it, I like it. I know that much. It's on my freaking iPod. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, listen, man. There's songs that everybody has. All right. So, I mean, I'll, what I'll... what else you got on the Deftones, or are we done with the Deftones now? No, I I think that. I pretty much mentioned the whole thing with the Family Values Tour. Mm-hmm. The new album. The new album. And, uh... You cop the 90s feel from the Deftones. Yeah. All right. And I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to remember the song. I want to say it was... I want to say it was Pink Maggot. Actually, it was. And it was, like, over seven and a half minutes long. It's almost like halfway through. It might even... I want to say it was like three minutes through. It broke into the course of Back to School. But it was only the course. And it was just like this extended course. And then towards the end, I, like, I forget how long was left. Like I think it was like literally a three minute long fucking course. 
So you had two minutes of, of this intro led up to it. You have two minutes of an outro. And it's one of those like songs. But you could, just have to go listen. But could it also be something like what Megadeth did on the Capital Punishment uh, album that they put out? They did the whole out al- like the whole album plays through and then there's a mix of every single song on the album crammed together into one gigantic mix at the end of the album could they have possibly have just done that with like the special editions where they took the song sliced it up mushed it together and said here you go here's something different i don't know it's it's just weird you know this goes back to where we talked about hidden tracks you know, one of my one of my other favorite tracks by the Deftones is a friggin' hidden track on Around the Fur. I don't know, I'm not like I said, I'm not that big into the, the Deftones. last the the song MX. Awesome track. I love that track. And then at the end of that, there's like literally like twenty some minutes of silence. And it's like at the thirty two thirty eight mark, this hidden track kicks in. It's just a fucking awesome. And I don't know the name of the there there as far as I know there is no name for it, but I fucking love it and I would love to like isolate that fucking song just for my fucking music player. Well, that's easy to do. Well, you got to get on that for me. I'm sorry, man. I'm getting tweeted at they go to pokies. Finally, getting tweets. Oh, jeez. Anyway. Back to hidden things, but I mean, Corn. I like what they did with "Follow the Leader." Funny enough, is that they started the album on the thirteenth track. So you thought you got, you know, you bought a bad CD and it was twelve blank tracks, and track thirteen starts the album. It was a different concept. That that was a very different concept. All right. So what's next on the hit parade here? The moment that we've all been waiting for. Oh, you, you're going to make me unleash again, aren't you? Oh, damn. I got to save it for the end. <laughs> Let's go on the Grammys. Oh, boy. Let's try to wrap this up on the Grammys. All right. I will try not to go too I'll let, I'll let you. I'll let you go on this one because I know we all have some frustrations. All right. So in case you didn't well, let's, watch let's save the. Let's save the... We'll save the humorous part for the end. All right. So, go ahead. All right. So, if you didn't watch the Grammys, I watched the first five minutes of it. So, I wanted to see ACDC. They put the best part of the show first to get it out of the way. So, if you wanted to watch it, you didn't have to wait all night, which is awesome in my opinion. But that's a whole another story in itself. But the biggest surprise of the night was at the end... Because fucking Kanye West opens his mouth again. Or not even opens his mouth. He walks up to the stage, is going to interrupt Beck's speech, turn around and walk back to his seat. But it's also what he says afterwards. So it wasn't at that moment, but he opened his mouth later on and started to say that, you know, they got to stop playing with us real artists, man, and. This, that, and the other thing that Beyonce got robbed again. First and foremost, why the fuck are you all up in Beyonce's ass? You got the biggest fucking ass in the world in Kim Kardashian, and I'm not talking about her ass, that she is an ass. Like a literal fucking donkey. 
but it, it, it blows my mind that he's claiming here standing to be a real artist. He is not a real artist by any stretch of the imagination. How many writers, producers, and other people are on his albums to make him sound good? Beck, on the other hand, on this album, and it's actually a pretty good album. I like the uh, like the ambient rock stuff, and he does it pretty well on this new one. Plays 16 instruments. How much more of a fucking artist do you have to be? Like, to be considered a real artist. 16 fucking instruments. Granted, none of his songs hit the radio. Nope, it kind of sucks. Right. And it, it, it kills me because I sit here and I talk to younger people about, you know, what was going on. And they're like, who's Beck? Okay. You have if you have to ask who Beck is, you were too young to hear what he did when he was younger and he did some really good stuff. Um, I like, uh, of course, everybody likes Loser. Love that song. Uh, what was that other album he put out? That's El Pro? the good kind of loser. El, what was it? El Pro, I think, or E Pro, or Guero. That's it. it. It was something stupid like that. The song is E Pro. That's what I'm thinking of. But that's a really good tune too. Um, he did Devil's Haircut, where it's at. Would you stop with the fucking tweets? I'm a popular guy. Turn the fucking volume off. But anyway, getting back to my little rant here, it's like, okay, you don't know who Beck is, but still, you okay, you can't discredit him even if you don't know who he is. Go and listen to the album. I was very curious to hear what it was because I didn't hear it, and I'll be completely honest. I didn't hear a damn thing about it until after he won, but I can see why they chose it, and it's a really good album. I enjoy it. Kanye West, on the other hand, is comparing himself to Jesus. He's just calling himself Jesus. Really? You didn't know that? So, there's that. He also, if you listen to where he came from when he was first coming up, quote-unquote, in, in, in the rap world, he was very humble in the beginning. Then, all of a sudden, you grew to this plateau here that you are the biggest and you are the you you to new rock stars now. No, you're not the rock stars. You never will be the rock stars because you know what? You're playing to people who will not be listening to you in the next 10 years. Listen, you got a tour bus. Can you pop the Chris? I'm going to kick you just for fucking talking like that. But it, it kills me that he sits there and he says all these things. I want to know how many writers and producers there were on his albums to make him sound like the way he sounds. I think I did a count at one point in time right after the Grammys. And I think I came up with like 25. And you know who was actually on one of his albums as a writer? Aretha Franklin. Like what you want? Don't ever do that again. Baby, I got it. 
He but wanted success. How, she has it. I mean, if you're an artist, you can write your own songs. You shouldn't need writers and producers upon producers upon producers. Like, on rock albums, you have one guy who produces it. One. Rick, Ru- Rick Rubin. Okay. Fucking genius. Does it on his own and is the most successful producer in the world. He took he took Axel Rose's unendable army of musicians, transferred it over to the unendable army of producers. Is unendable a word? Endless. There we go. Endless is the word <laughs> like, I want. I'm looking at you like seriously. Uh, but I'm tired. I'm how, sorry. How much of an ass clown do you have to be to sit there and criticize a man who plays 16 instruments on his album and creates some great soundscapes and you program a fucking computer to make fucking noise? And then, and then, this is the first time I've ever gotten to say this outside of people who I know, and I'm happy I have a forum to say this in. This fucking ass clown, back when we had Hurricane Sandy, and there was the the concert for New York, the 12-12-12 concert. Yep. That motherfucker had the audacity to get on stage at a charity concert and play the song Gold Digger. How the fuck do you think that that's a good idea? It's not. No, I, I, can't even I don't die. care what musician you are. I don't care who you are. You don't get on stage and criticize people and money during a fucking charity concert. Nope. Why? And it's funny. Every other, every other act from that night, even Adam Sandler and his parody of Hallelujah with... Um, What's his name? Gary Schaefer from The Tonight Show? Yeah. No. That made not, not Gary Schaefer. A- Adam Schaefer? What, what, what's yeah. his name? It's one, it, the guy from The Tonight Show, the bald guy with the sunglasses. You know who Paul I'm talking Schaefer. about. Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. There you go. And it's not The Tonight Show. It's The Late Show with David Letterman. One of them. Whatever. But he did a parody of Hallelujah. That made it on the album. Not one of Kanye West's songs made the album. Good. I'm happy but it also kind of ticks me off at the same time because when I think about it, great on the surface, I don't have to listen to Kanye. Perfect. However, are you that big of a prick that you will not give your songs or your label will not give your songs to a charity album to raise money, to help people who lost everything? Are you that big of an asshole? Apparently, why you've graduated from ass clown to asshole? You will not donate or give your time. How the Rolling? I remember specifically the Rolling Stones were on tour. This was their show. They also were on tour with um, uh, who the fuck was it? Not Conway. No, Martin. the Who. Not Kanye. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Conway. Getting... Really, the store. No, Conway, like the country artist. Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> but Roger Daltrey. Yeah, and not, the, not and Kanye. <laughs> Roger Daltrey. Like, 
he they came out and they did the most songs that night and it was like okay I, this first of all I hate the who I really do I think they're overrated but their performance at that was fucking phenomenal right and I I don't understand I really don't understand like oh. they gave they gave up their show I think the Stones and the Who were on tour at the same time, or it was the Who show or the Stone show, but the Stones were in the area. What Something happened, and somebody gave up a concert. Yep. For this charity event, they gave up a concert, yep. their own concert. And, they, and the people who gave to all this, and it is probably the largest assemblance of British musicians in one building at the same that, time. That's something we have to talk about later, too. We'll get to that. But... In the whole scheme of everybody who's on this, and you are right, it is Paul Schaefer. It was Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi. Okay. New New Jersey's. Okay. New Jersey yeah. artists. Great. You know, New Jersey got hit really hard too. Okay. Then you had Adam Sandler who was on this. Clapton, The Stones. Adam Sandler is right from New York. Yes, he is. So is Alicia Keys, and she was on this too. Yep. The Who. Billy Joel. Uh, Chris also Martin from, from um, Coldplay. You just keep going. Paul McCartney. This. It, this, this album is phenomenal all the way through. I don't like Billy Joel that much. Neither I'll admit that. Actually, no. You know what? I take that back. I like Billy Joel. Um, If I had to go, let's put the two piano men side by side. If I had to go Billy Joel or Elton John, I'd probably go Elton John. Probably. But the fact of the matter is, is that every other performance, at least there's one song from the other performers. Clapton has two. The Stones have two. Bon Jovi has two. Adam Sandler only did the one. Roger Waters has three, which he had um, Eddie Vedder help him out on the one. Bruce has two. The Who have three. Billy Joel has three. Chris Martin has three. Paul McCartney has one, and Alicia Keys has two. So 24 tracks on this in total. And you are the only fucking ass clown that won't donate anything to this. Nope. You, you got you went there, you got probably paid something to be there, and you don't fucking donate. Fuck you. Fuck you, and fuck your big-ass wife. I should call her big-ass donkey. <laughs> but I don't I just don't get it. And what was great, what I loved was the uh, the other day, there apparently is a hacker group called Anonymous that put out this video um, telling Kanye and his wife that um, their lifestyle will no longer be tolerated because think about their kid growing up and knowing that pictures of your mom fornicating are all over the internet and your dad is uh, this the biggest asshole in the music industry today you know you embody everything that they hate the hacker group and they just go on to say in a 7 minute long video a very well done video I may say because they had I don't know if it was the voice actor or somebody who sounded like the guy from V for Vendetta, but he was dressed up in the mask and everything. Hmm. It was a very, it, it was a well thought out speech 
and you could tell just by the way it was done. But there, you know what? I can't even disagree with them. You can't argue with that. If you haven't seen the video, go look it up. Just type in anonymous, uh, anonymous and Kanye West and it'll come up. Interesting. I, I know you said the whole thing with programming, programming sounds into a computer and everything. Do you ever see the, uh, the Henry Rollins bit with, uh, Hip hop and all that stuff. Nope. With DJ Fuckhead. Nope. I yeah, look that shit up. <laughs> it's fucking funny. But um, that that that's my take on it. I mean, once no. again, I could be wrong. It's one person's opinion, and you could tell me I'm wrong. But uh, by all means, email us. They go to eleven at yahoo.com. Email us. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Go to the Facebook. Facebook.com slash they go to eleven. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Give me your take on it. I don't care. If you're going to tell him he's wrong or tell him he's right, at they go to 11 on Twitter. If you want to tell me I'm a genius, at they go to pokey. Thanks for shamelessly plugging yourself. I'm, I'm being serious here. I want to know. No, I, I, don't ca- I don't care if somebody tells me I'm wrong or I'm right. I just want to know. How many people have told me I'm wrong on this podcast? A lot. Thank you. But I want, to, I want somebody to actively tell me you know what? You're right or you're wrong or I agree with you. I agree with this point, but not this point. And that's what this is all about. For all the times I've disagreed with you, I agree with you. This is a trend in music that has to stop. I will agree to an extent with this hacker group that he embodies everything that's wrong with music and everything that's wrong with society to not see through your own ego to acknowledge somebody else's greatness. And even when you try to acknowledge somebody else's greatness, you fail at it. I don't get it. I really don't get it. How could you be that nearsighted to not realize that there are other great things out there that you don't have to be a part of? I will just say, in closing, he can go fuck himself long and hard. Okay. I have one last thing to talk about with the Grammys. Go on. And that is during their tribute artist loss during the year, blah, blah, blah. You left off the guy from Gore. Oh, because metal doesn't matter in this. Don't you know that? And you left off Wayne Static. Oh, these guys don't matter at all. Like, it's... it's. They got it partially right this year. You didn't give the Grammy for Album of the Year to somebody who was less than deserving. You had ACDC perform. Great. But you still don't acknowledge the metal community as losing people. I wonder, if you go back to the Grammys for 2004... Or 2005, if they played that in memoriam thing and left out Dime, I'd be very interested to see that. Well, why don't we? Why don't we? Let's do this here, because it's it's getting kind of late, and and we really don't have the time to go do this. Right. So. We we want you, our listeners. And, and and we've been growing in, in, in listenership. We have. We have. We've it's surprising. 
Um, we want you, our listeners, I almost said viewers there. Well, if you watch our YouTube playlist, <laughs> yeah, anytime but, but they- we, we want you, our audience to go out there, look it up, let us know. And also when we, and I think I'm going to do this too. We are, we always put a playlist together of all different videos and things like that, that, um, that go along with each of these podcasts. So in the, the next, um, playlist that we put together, I'm actually going to put in that hacker video and I want you to look at it and I want you to tell me that you don't agree at least with some of the points that they're making because while I don't know what they're going to do and I might not necessarily agree with what they're going to do. Uh, I will most certainly say that it makes you think about the rest of pop culture in relation to what type of message. And I'm sure that you've already realized this, what type of message some of them are actually sending to the youth of America. It's less than stellar, but guess what? It's popular and people are accepting of it and nobody raises any question. So, You'll get a chance to see it on there, but we are out of time. Yeah. So once again, I'm Matt. I am. They go to pokey. No, I need something better than I am. I need something better to say than that pokey. And we'll leave it at that. So we are. They go to 11. Turn it up. Wait, 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 wait. We go through this every time. And yet you still wait to the same moment to cut me oh, off. Oh, because it's fucking great. Why don't we tell our audience what it was that I threw out the window last week? You know what? Since you threw it out the window, why don't you tell them? Well, we mentioned the Stones. We mentioned Sir Paul McCartney. We mentioned the Who. So what we were originally going to do was we were going to go across the pond and talk about the top 11 British bands or acts of all time. Yep. And because you know me, you know I'm a rule breaker. I had to ask, does Ozzy Osbourne count and Black Sabbath count? Does Paul McCartney, Ringo, and George Harrison count? No. And the Beatles? No. It's you pick one. And if you pick something like Black Sabbath, you could talk about Ozzy in there and all that other shit. But there are definitely plenty of them. And you know what? Since we, since we're debuting this now, once again. We challenge you to go find the video and let us know about Dime. We want to hear your 11 British bands. So you have your assignments. Go do them. Should you choose to accept them. So everybody, once again. Where they go to 11. He is Matt. And that is Pokey. And I am. I challenge you to do homework Pokey. Oh, good God. And uh, yeah, turn it up to 11. We'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Later.